You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. You know, when I was growing up, I never really had Advent calendars. I mean, I was raised Jewish and Catholic, so who really knows there? As I get older, though, I like them more and more because more of them are filled with wine and gin and whiskey. And I'm going to go buy an Advent calendar and just drink, you know, the days I've missed in December. Like you buy that midway through the month, Catch you're up. doing fine. Yep. Uh, this movie, The Advent Calendar or uh, La Candelier, I believe in French. I'm, I thought I'd get the butchering out early. Um, has a very <laughs> different one. It's a German one. So I think that should tell you all you need to know, but we'll see how that goes. So to help me butcher French and German and I guess Belgian names, uh, I am Ben. With me is Luane. Hey, how's it going? Tessa. Hello. And Drew. Hi, this definitely got me in the Christmas spirit, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm always a sucker for Christmas horror. Like, it's the right amount of like turning a cheery holiday on its head, and it's always more fun. Like, I think a lot of directors actually go out of their way to put more energy into a holiday horror. Yeah. Well, this is the kind of the only the, the only thing that was actually festive about this was the advent calendar. I mean, if it wasn't for the advent calendar itself, you wouldn't really know if it was Christmas or not. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. That is true. But this film is directed by a second time director, Patrick Ridremont, uh, who is Belgian. Uh, so I did it as French as possible because whatever. Um, he has directed another short in a film called Dead Men Talking, which I can't find any information about what it's about. Um, but yeah, he wrote and directed this, usually been an actor before then, and uh, he actually makes for a pretty interesting tale. Um, it's the story of a French woman named Ava, who we find out progressively used to be a dancer, but is now a paraplegic. Uh, you kind of find out why, but basically her good friend for her birthday gives her, uh, on like December the 1st or the 2nd, um, an advent calendar, a German wooden advent calendar that basically has foreboding, you'll die if you don't complete this or if you try to get rid of me, messages on it. And they just go, oh, the Germans, they're just kidders. And decide, let me open this demonic, you know, evil looking thing. That always worked well for the Brothers Grimm. And um well, progressively, we find the message that says, I will kill you, or Ick will kill you. It turns out Ick is very particular about his Christmas season and how you celebrate it if you start eating his candy. Um, and terrible things and good things start happening to her, kind of in equal measure. Um, and it becomes a question of how much can uh, Ava put up with and how much is it worth it to Ava to put up with it for the good that's coming to her? I think that's a pretty open-ended way for us to start, unless somebody else feels like I'm missing something critical to add here. I don't think so. I think that pretty much sums it up without giving too much away. Mm -hmm. Huzzah! Yeah, I enjoyed this 
more than I thought I would. I mean, the, the trailer looked pretty good, but it's always like hit or miss with like holiday horror. It's either like really good or it's just kind of so-so. But yeah, this definitely kind of falls under a truth or dare or like cheap thrills category of like upping the ante, you know, with mm-hmm. each day in the advent calendar with like an added bonus of the possessed and elaborate MacGuffin. So um, it, it had a big it had a bit going for it. Also, like I haven't seen this done before in horror as far as like with an advent calendar like Mm -hmm. that is a plot twist or you know device that i haven't seen utilized really that i can think of at all have you any of y'all i I can't think of it now so points there right off the bat what do y'all think i think that if if memory serves when i did have advent calendars when i was a kid it would have been to their advantage to be locked like this one because i know (laughs) i pretty much ate all of the candy (laughs) when i got the calendar not over the course of the week or the month rather (laughs) yeah Uh, i will say tessa as far as your point there about not having seen anything like it before uh, my sister does work for a production company so she does get to see a lot more scripts and evidently there have been a lot more scripts coming by lately about advent calendars and horror so evidently this movie is getting ahead of the curve because good uh, good they've not been out there but I gotta say, I think this movie does a really good job of it. Like each yes. twist, it, it starts her off where like you know something menacing is going to happen as the viewer because you know what's getting in there, and you get the visuals that she doesn't clearly get of oh something horrible is tied to this. But like the good things that start happening to her are like, huh, that's odd. It's like not like you can see where they would trust it to a period. Even something terrible happens to her, and then she causes something terrible to happen to another person because of that. You're still like, well, I'm with you on this one. I know this is going to go right. bad because of this, but it's done in a very cutesy but clever way. I also thought mm-hmm. uh, with that first first kill, I guess I'll say. Well, when does she first get the advent calendar? I think it's like on the fourth of December. Yeah, it's like the third or fourth. Yeah, from her friend that that uh, that you know got it in Munich, I think, or got it in Germany at a, at a market. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, after you know twenty twenty one days or or so, it's you know I think it gets a little little tedious you know it's just day four day five day six you know what's what's going to happen and uh, and if she does have to start you know kind of giving sacrifices to this um kind of demon in a box um there's only so many sacrifices that she can make mm-hmm. and in order to you know kind of get what she wants which is you know the ability to walk again so i thought that was a little you know i think by you know by mid month or so I, I was pretty good you know I, I wanted to see like what what else was gonna gonna happen I guess but it seemed like it it got a little um especially in the middle of the movie it got a little tedious isn't that how most advent calendars are if you try to keep up with them as opposed to just rushing it or waiting like it's oh god I gotta open that thing again today I'll get to it tomorrow fuck it no unless you have one with booze in it then you're then you're totally excited to do it right. every day oh, see then I just wait and then I open four bottles at once it's great <laughs> Or, or you have like this the- one that will tell you at midnight, hey, it's the next day. Open up. I'm going to keep bugging you. Uh, or she eats the candy that makes her pass out for a few days so they don't have to worry about killing off four more people. Yes, <laughs> totally. Yeah, I thought about that, too. But it, it does have it does seem like it has like a Castle Grayskull like speaker or something um, in there, which is which is which is nice. You can kind of hear it from all over her house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the I think one of the things that makes like a good horror movie are rules. Mm hmm. And clear rules kind of like help set the world and the parameters and and give us something to kind of work off of and for the protagonist to like work with and try to like overcome or outsmart, you know. So I feel like this kind of 
has that a little bit. It's it's a bit open ended and and you never really know what it's going to throw at you because each each day has like a new sort of like twist or like candy or what's this going to do, you know. Um, but I feel like it has some decent parameters. Don't don't throw out the advent calendar and eat all the candies. If you eat one, you have to eat them all. Yeah, but she also does. She does, she doesn't seem that she's like too sad about being in a wheelchair to begin with. Like she's actually like functioning just fine. And so. You know, if she was if she was really unhappy with it, and maybe that was established earlier, I could see her maybe making some of the choices that she ends up making in this. But I think also she's kind of being controlled or manipulated by the the advent calendar, you know, box a little bit. Well, they show a lot of the progressive struggles throughout her life, and I mean, it doesn't help that her boss is a completely you know ableist asshole uh, to every degree, which really does help sell it. Um, but then you mix that with you know she is almost. The one thing I would say is almost too predictable for this type of movie is, oh, yeah, she's in a wheelchair and she used to be a dancer. She lost the one thing that was important to her. It's like, wow, really typecasted that, that you know, horrible mm-hmm. crushing thing that happened to this character, I guess. And mind you, they have another character they bring up later in this movie that like the exact parallel happened to him with his creative field. I'm like, does this calendar just hate creative people? What the fuck's happening? Just yes. shit, man. Well, it it I mean – I don't know about the average person, but I would guess that this thing focuses on somebody with a passion for a thing that is no longer an option for them. Because if if you're somebody who just goes about your normal day and doesn't have a thing that you focus on that would be your life if it could be your life, I mean, what's this thing going to tempt you with? Uh, Mm -hmm. Then it's going to be conventional stuff like money or whatever. Which, all right, that's fine, but it's not very visually interesting. And and one of the things I did like about this, when it comes to the, what is your one true desire that you want, you know, that type of thing, you know, the trade-off is always like your soul. All right, well, that's an abstract concept. I don't care. You can have it. Whatever. Let me have my thing. But but like this actually shows the increasing level of sacrifice because you're talking about the first kill. And and it's like, well, yeah, man, that's awesome if that's how this is going to work. But of course it's not because it's a devil box of some sort. <laughs> but it, it, I mean, I, I guess I kind of get it. But, you know, she's she's been in this in this condition for like three years, I think it said, based on, on the flashback and some of the other stuff. And sometimes she seems like she's perfectly adjusted to it. But then there'll be those times where she'll be sitting at the park and watching people run by and stop and tie their shoe right next to her and and things like that. And I guess I could kind of get that. And yeah, I know it seems a little maybe cliche or tropey that she was a dancer, but I mean, that's how you're going to get to the, this is your life's thing and it's been taken away. How'd you like to get it back and who would you kill for it? So... Yeah, I think she adapted, like she adapted well, like you said, Luane, like she she basically is a survivor, but just because she adapts well doesn't mean she doesn't miss it terribly, oh, sure. you know? Um, so her acting was great, and we mentioned this. Also, um, I feel like the special effects, the monster design was was pretty good. Like they had a pretty creepy creature that was summoned. Yeah, then there's a few times he appears very uh, surprisingly or in ways that like are are well 
choreographed or designed, I would say. Yeah, it's um, they had a really good mask and like an upper body suit. But they when it came out of the lake in one scene, there was like a skirt situation, very much like Pyramid Head from Silent Hill mm-hmm. or something, because they don't want to deal with all the seams of like a full body suit. So um, the skirt was a little weird. Um, and then also like the demon or the guy creatures portrayal popping out of the advent calendar he has like a shirt or something on so they kind of changed what his avatar is in the box versus how he shows up in real life anyways i just thought that was a bit odd maybe he has a little bit of a you know a wardrobe in the in the advent calendar box and he couldn't he couldn't you know switch out those clothes when he when he was in that lake scene he doesn't want to get the nice shirts wet i was gonna say there's only one death in this movie that you can't even say the main character is like directly responsible for. And it's like, man, you kind of brought that on yourself. You had like multiple warnings. Uh, but I, the other thing I will say is a little bit weird is the, there's a character that shows up a few times. I'll just call pool guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the movie wants us to think of this guy because he never, to me, he never came off as a douchebag, but I felt like they kind of wanted him to feel like he's douchey, including like in his last scene where he's like, just appearing and he's like talking at her and I'm like, no, this guy's kind of been pretty chill this whole way through. Like, yeah, he gets surprised in the first scene with uh, Ava that, you know, oh, you're paraplegic because she's swimming and active and like productive. But like he never even like acts ableist or weird about it. So it's like, what movie, what are you trying to tell me about this character throughout? And it's only that he reappears like three other times that it actually came yeah. as a thing to me of like, I don't know what you're trying to characterize him as to us. Like, is he just here for like these few scenes? I don't get it. Yeah. He seemed really chill and like, it seemed like she assumed like he was going to have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he was a little surprised, but he kind of bounced back from it and was like totally cool. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't understand how they're trying to personify him as well. A little bit there. He seemed like the really obvious person that would die. You know, it's, it, you know, and, yeah. and yeah. I'm not going to say what happens to him, you know, but um, it, it seems like he would be kind of set up or a character like that. And he kind of ends up being a little bit more of a, a plot device, I guess. Yeah, he feels more disposable than than he ends up being like you figure that, well, this is somebody else we can introduce in there because we're going to have to start bringing the body count up the further along it goes. But it, it ends up being very different after all. Yeah, there's a few twists with like the potential love life stuff that I appreciated um, mm-hmm. where. It wasn't like, you know, she falls in love and it becomes either perfect. There's a twist to how the love happens that doesn't become like, you know, that twist being a forgiven thing either. It's mm-hmm. very – a lot of good stuff is left open here. I just feel like pool guy that's like, look, do you want him to be like the nice guy who comes around and helps or something? Give us – you know, and I'm not saying the movie has to be tropey like that. But I felt like it was trying to lean towards some of those every once in a while. And it just made it more confusing that where they're touching on tropes and then like running away from them. Yeah, I don't know. There was a point after a while I'm like, uh, I don't – I'm not going to stop trying to figure this out. I'm just going to see where this ride's going to go. Um <laughs> Because, you know, like you said, there are rules. You know what it's going to do, kind of. It's just going to be, how's that going to work out? Probably badly, because we know what kind of movie this is, but let's see what happens. Well, Tessa, like you mentioned before, there was like kind of four days that are unaccounted for, and there's, you know, some time travel elements that come into it. So it seems it's a little all over the place, but it it keeps it interesting. Yeah. 
how did she how did she eat the candy when she was passed out for those four days? Maybe maybe her dog fed it to her. I'm not sure. Like, how did she eat? Like, that's what I'm thinking about now. Or did she wake up and like four more candies were eaten? And that was the thing with like the stock thing. I think that's what it was because it was on her chest suddenly when she had just eaten one candy. Oh, so it's like she just woke up. And she's like, I guess I ate these. Yeah, I feel like that sometimes. I can definitely relate to that for sure. I mean, yeah, have have you never had a, a an evening that you don't remember all the details of? A fugue state and I wake up and there's candy wrappers everywhere? No. That's after I've had four days of my advent calendar in a row. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right. But um, Tessa, why don't you go into your final thoughts? Oh, geez. Um, I would say the lesson you learn from this film is never buy objects from weird shops while on vacation. Just don't do it. Um, don't do it on a lark, especially if it has like death threats written on the back of it, especially <laughs> if you leave the shop or stand and you turn around and it disappears. Um, German I don't know. Death threats, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. Like, anyways, um, <laughs> I, I feel like the acting in this was well done. I feel like it was a premise I haven't seen before while maybe Ben's sister has read some scripts about this. They haven't been made and produced and put out in the world um yeah this is my first uh, advent calendar macguffin related holiday horror film so i i feel like that definitely gives it some some extra points um and it does have moments where it does kind of lose steam for a little bit but i feel like it's just trying to like toe the line of like oh here's some good stuff that happens to her for her to put up with the bad stuff so it's just kind of like a little bit of whiplash there, I suppose. Um, I I want to give this probably eight out of ten mold wine love potions. <laughs> All right, uh, Drew, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I think it, this this feels like it'd be a great idea for you know a short story because um, it, it does have a kind of a or, a or almost needful things. It seems like it could have mm -hmm. come out of a shop like that. Uh, and I, I do look like the premise at all. I just don't think maybe it was it was directed that well. I think there's there's it's a little all over the place and a little uneven at times. Um, but I mean, the main performance is 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 like really carries the entire movie. I think you know she's really fantastic in the in the film. So um, yeah, it's I mean it can, it's a little cliche, but it um, there is that kind of monkey's paw um, you know conceit uh, that 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 happens. Um, and it seems like it's kind of setting itself up for a sequel, but doesn't really know if it wants to or not. And, you know, it's, that, that was a little open-ended. Um, but I, I, it really kept my interest the, the entire way through. Um, so I'll, 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 I don't know if it's going to be on my, you know, Christmas horror list, you know, um, every year. I don't know if it's going to be one that I'm going to, you know, end up watching right next to Christmas vacation or, you know, uh, um, you know, or, <laughs> you know, or elves, um, or some, something. Wait, like elf that, or elves? El elves, like actually elves. elves is not, not, I'll probably watch elf as well. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was, uh, it was definitely fun, but it's not something that was that, that memorable to me. So I'd probably give it, you know, 24 out of 25, um, advent calendar horror movies that are going to be made after this, apparently. <laughs> All right. Well, Luane, how about you? Uh, I'm not kidding. I would have eaten all the candy right off the bat if it weren't for oh, the no. fact this thing is locked. Um, that advent calendar looks amazing. I would actually like to have one, like one of the props that they used. I think it'd be great um, as long as it's not cursed. Um, the movie, the movie looks good. 
Um, I think Drew's right. The direction is maybe not particularly artistic, but it's shot well enough. The acting, I think, is strong, particularly with the lead. She's got a lot of she's got to carry a lot of this movie on her own. Um, and a lot of it has to be non-verbally, you know, just her frustration with stuff and the way she moves and does things. Um, the the premise is is interesting, certainly unique for now. Um, and I think it's probably one of the, the best movies I've reviewed lately. Um, <laughs> so it's going to get uh, four out of five broken toy cars. Oh, no. <laughs> You know, and I don't think I've ever seen anyone drive one of those BMW SUVs that didn't come off douchey at very least, so it's completely fitting. <laughs> yeah, um, overall, as far as this goes, like, I didn't sign up for this one knowing much more than Christmas Horror. I didn't even actually realize it was French because I didn't watch the trailer. And, you know, I'm a big fan of holiday horror. I really am. And I think this is a great start to that. You know, I definitely agree with Drew. It may not be, you know, on my every year list for Christmas Horror, but... It's nice when there's a new one where you're like, I I'm glad I watched that. You know, I like to try to add something new every year, even if it's not going to be constant rotation. And this is one I can recommend for a lot of fans of holiday horror to do that. Um, I can definitely say uh, Eugenie Duran, who plays Eva, is really great. Uh, despite dragging occasionally, this movie really just, you know, I it gives you a lot of fun even with the characters who do pop up like uh Olivier Bonjour who shows up as um Aloha, Aloy Hoffman Aloy um he's a guy who I've liked occasional cameos of in other French and Belgian movies he's the director in Bruges of the the film set there he's just always a fun guy and he gives a really good performance here too like yes. there's lots of pop-ups like that i can say while well, i talked about tropes earlier the biggest trope that annoyed me in this movie is what I like to call Chekhov's dog. Oh, like I'm just, Aww. you know, if you know, you Aww. know, when you're watching a horror movie, oh, they have a dog. That's going to be fine. Yeah. You see that coming? The dog does get to be proactive at least a little bit. So points to you, movie. Um, as a second feature film in one of, uh, I think, second feature he's written, I'm actually kind of interested in seeing more from Patrick Lurie-Dramont or Rigemont, however you pronounce his name in French or Belgian or what have you. Um, because if this is your second, you know, feature film and your first horror film, you at least have some promise here. That's something I definitely want to make sure I got out there because it's always good to be able to, you know, you know, lift up some newer directors to get more from them because we shout down the ones that are terrible too often on a lot of our reviews because there's a lot of bad horror we have to watch sometimes. Not going to name names because, you know, hopefully they'll do better next time too. Anyway, I am going to give this 7.5 out of 10 bad dreams of headlights. I'm going to go find one of those advent calendars. 